All right, everybody, welcome again to another episode of PRI Talk. Um, excited to discuss a lot of things today. Um, missed last week, just a lot going on. Um, cannot sit down, even though I really wanted to talk about a couple issues. Um, last week, just couldn't sit down and get it all finished. So I'm um, going to throw kind of a lot of things at you today. Um, that I do want to discuss <clears throat> and um, get some of my insight out there, at least um, as far as what's going on um, and kind of a bunch of different things. Um, so that's that's happening today. But I am excited uh, leaving tomorrow for the Show Me Qualifier in Kansas City, my first qualifier of the year. Um, waited way too long to get out to a qualifier, but because of all of the restrictions and things like that, it... Um, proved a little bit more difficult this year than I was really planning on. Um, so, but that's just kind of how things are right now. Um, hopefully we'll be uh, back to normal here soon and definitely things are, are looking that way. So um, want to get started uh, with, with, with the topic that I was going to talk about last week, and that is the NCAA basketball tournament um, weight room issue. Um, I think I had, uh, three <laughs> pages of type notes, uh, for this topic last week, cause I was going to spend most of the time on that topic. I will not, um, dive that far into it, um, as I did, but I'll hit on, hit on a couple of my, my thoughts on that. Um, obviously it is a huge, huge whiff, um, from, from the NCAA, um, on, on that part. Um, and there's a couple of things here. Like, I, I think I, I, I sat at my computer thinking I, I could go, I could start from eight different directions, um, on this topic. So I'll probably jump around here a little bit as I, as I kind of summarize some of those thoughts. Um, this is a, this was obviously a huge deal. Um, and I think it points to, and there, there are a lot of, um, uh, basketball coaches really across the country that came out and, and spoke um, very strongly uh, about about their weight room situation. Um, obviously, the NCAA did a couple things to kind of put some band aids on it, but um, herein, you know, lies kind of the issue. And, and I think some of the terminology uh, used is, is I don't want to say um, wrong because certainly they're they're right. Um, but but I think realistically, we have to go another step further. Um, and I think one of the coaches that, that uh, referred to it as women's basketball as an afterthought. Okay. Um, and I do not think that women's basketball is an afterthought. I think that the NCAA does not care about women's sports. Okay. Um, now that's a, a fairly bold statement. Um, but, but I feel like uh, I can, I can try to back this up a little bit at least. Um, and maybe my verbiage is a little bit strong for some people. Um, but but I think when it comes down to it, I think what that situation proves is the NCAA does not care about women's sports. Okay, so a couple of things um, here for for the people that want to make the argument: well, the men's basketball tournament brings in way more money, and so obviously they're going to you know do more for the men's side of the basketball tournament than the women's side of the basketball tournament. Okay, that to me is a non-argument um, because we are not dealing with. Um, professional sports that make money and then turn around and, and take that money 
and, and put it to those um, specific areas, okay? That is not what the NCAA does, okay? The NCAA takes all of the money that they that they make from the basketball tournament, football, bowl games, whatever. They take all that money that they make and they dis, dis, um, distribute it uh, across and allocate it across all of the Division One sports, okay? So for, for the NCAA to focus and put all of their energy and time and, and, and whatever resources into the men's side and not the women's side. Okay. And this is a little bit different than, than past years, right? Um, in order to make this happen, NCAA set up two separate bubbles for the, the men's basketball tournament and the women's basketball tournament. Okay. Um, so in setting up those two bubbles, I, I'm not saying that they needed to make them hundred percent equal. Right. Um, but they at least needed to put the work and effort into making them really pretty darn close, okay, um, and, and they they failed miserably at, at that at that, okay, um, and, and it was just really obvious in my opinion that that it wasn't even an afterthought. It was that that we just don't care, okay. Um, so how many people, how many how many checks and balances did did the 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 women's basketball tournament go through for for how many people said? Okay, yeah, doing this for the women's basketball uh, weight room is 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 okay, right? Um, now, if if you have that opinion and you checked that box and said it was and said, yeah, this is fine, then then you're making that statement that that I'm trying to get out there is that NCAA just doesn't care about women's sports, okay? Um, and, and I'll I'll throw another I'll throw a volleyball um, a line in here as well. I think we'll see what the NCAA does about the women's volleyball tournament in Omaha coming up here in another week or so, um, how that plays out. Um, that's going to be some really big indicators as far as what the NCAA and how much the NCAA really cares about women's sports. Okay, so so definitely we should be paying attention, especially as volleyball people, paying attention to what the NCAA does with that bubble in Omaha. Okay, um, so that's that's that part of it. The other side that I'm going to say is, is I, I shared some posts. Um, you know, I know uh, the coach of Nebraska and the coach of Wisconsin both um, said some pretty strong things about the NCAA tournament and 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 it only being at 48 teams instead of the 64. Um, and I think you have uh, you have another um, claim there to where we said it was 48. We're going to move on and, and not deal with adding more teams, even though we can. Even though we had 64 teams for men's basketball, 64 teams for women's basketball, we had all the football teams, you know, the same way we normally do it. Okay, so they made that change really, really early, and and aren't um, coming back from it. They don't want to add more teams, right? More teams means more money, less revenue, whatever. Okay, so so that I think is another um, another thing um, in there. Okay, so so that argument of well, men's basketball brings in more money. So yes, they should have better stuff. That to me is a non-argument because NCAA, they're, they're allocating their money equally. They should have gone, we're making a men's bubble and it's going to look like this. We're making a women's bubble and it's going to look like this. And they should both pretty much be pretty darn close to the same. Okay. Um, the, the, the thought that um, the, the women's side of, of basketball and, and I will argue the women's side of sports gets, um, you know, less uh, or lower quality of everything top to bottom. I, I mean, I definitely think there's an argument there um, to be said um, about that. But again, 
um, this is the, the, the argument to where we can just say, well, men's side makes more money, so they get better stuff. That, that to me is not the argument here. Okay. Um, and that, that's not even what we're, what we're talking about because, because of what NCAA communicates and, and what they project. Okay. Now, if, if we're paying athletes based on what, what that sport brings in, then that's different, but we're not there yet. Okay. Um, and, and I am a very, very hesitant person. Um, I think a lot of the things in this NIL stuff coming up this summer are going, um, I think are going to be good. Um, but, but once you start, um, separating out specific sports to pay those athletes more and more and kind of, and, 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 and they're already there, right. Men's basketball obviously brings more money. Football obviously brings in more money. Um, and so we're already there, but as you start to to separate those things more and more, then then women's sports is just going to get pushed aside. Okay, and 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 the closer um, that, and again, this is all my in my opinion, um, the closer that uh, those sports get to being on the pro side, semi pro, paying athletes, blah blah blah, then then there's no reason for women's sports. Okay. Um, the other thing, uh, adding on here. Okay. So I talked about, um, the, the different kind of checks that, that had to have gone through for people to say, okay, with this. Okay. Um, this is not a man problem. Um, this is not a, the uh, men are bad and they don't, well, again, I don't say NCAA doesn't care about women's sports. So I say that, so this is not a, a, a men versus women thing and, and men are against women's sports and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, and, and I will point to, uh, at least one thing. If you remember what happened at William and Mary, and I did a whole podcast on that issue. If you remember what happened at William and Mary. Um, you can go back and look, you've got a president, a provost and an AD at that time. Okay. That were all women. Okay. All three signed off on cutting specific sports that led to them being in a title nine violation. Okay. And they very, very quickly backpedaled out of it. Okay. Um, so this is not a, well, if we had, you know, more women in these positions then then whatever. Okay. That, that to me, when you have a president and a provost and, and a, a, a female athletic director that care so little about women's sports that they're, they're completely missing the title nine piece. Again, that to me points to NCAA just doesn't really care. Right. And, and, and it's a, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a filter down. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, they, they, the president of William and Mary doesn't work for the NCAA. Okay. Um, but, but the thought process and, and kind of the, the way it's, it's perceived, um, is, is, uh, the, the trickle down of the NCAA doesn't care. And so presidents don't care and provosts don't care and ADs don't care. Right. So it's just trickle down. Um, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a man woman thing. I think that's just what the, the perception is at the, at the NCAA level as a whole. Okay. Um, and, and how many, you know, women that were in charge of the tournament, um, the, the women's side of the tournament said, yeah, this is okay. Right. Um, and if they didn't speak out at that time before uh, the basketball players um, were, were posting stuff um, about about the weight room and things like that, then, you know, I, they're just as guilty, I guess, in a lot of ways, in my opinion. I'm not saying that people should lose their job. Right. But um, but someone at the NCAA, in my opinion, um, should have spoken out against 
Um, and it, it, and it sounded like from a lot of the coaches, what they were saying was the tournament like went really well and, and the weight room was just kind of an issue, but I just, I, I find it really hard to believe that not a single person raised their hand and was like, Hey, this is messed up. Okay. I'm hoping someone did. Um, and if they didn't, then that's a huge problem. Okay. Um, so, so I do think that there are people in power, um, men and women that have this, um, mindset uh, that, that we just don't care about women's sports. Okay. That are just unnecessary. And again, as we move closer to, um, making, uh, basically pro college football and pro college basketball, um, you're, you're going to see a push off of, of women's sports. Um, the other thing here is, um, this is not the LeBron James Sue Bird meme. Okay. I saw that, I saw that meme before and I saw it a bunch, um, this time, um, but but you're talking about professional athletes that again, like I said, this is more the argument for the the they bring in more money so they get paid more. Okay, those are those are bargaining agreements from the the, the players' associations, all that kind of stuff. Okay, that to me is not um, a reflection of what happened at the NCAA tournament. You can tell me I'm wrong, and that's totally fine. Um, but but my perspective is from the NCAA. They made a bubble for a tournament um, for two sports. They should have been basically equal. Okay. Um, so that is, like I said, that's my, that's my summary of, uh, of, of what I did, uh, there, uh, for last week. Okay. Topic number, um, two, uh, the, the second thing that I wanted to, to get involved with, and I was, I was very angry last week. And I, and I think that probably part of my angriness, uh, meant that I wasn't, I'm going to do the podcast. Um, I don't know if I should make angry podcasts or not. Maybe that would be more fun. Um, but, but well, so a couple of things happened kind of all in the same, in the same moment. Right. Um, and, and I'll, I'll dive into those, those two things real quick. Okay. So one thing was coach emailed me, um, sent a couple athletes her direction. Um, uh, she said, you know, yes, have this athlete email me. Athlete emailed her. Um, the response back to, uh, or from, to the athlete from the coach was, Hey, thanks for emailing us. You're in our second tier of kids. Okay. Um, so I have zero idea why the, the, the coach wanted the athlete to email them. If you're just going to throw them into the second tier, you know what I mean? Um, and so emailed the coach thought it was a good conversation that we had about it. Um, so I was able to become a little less angry about the situation. Um, but I have a, I have a very strong, um, uh, feeling on this whole tiered thing anyway. Um, and so that definitely did not help, um, the situation, but, but, but I do feel very strongly. And I wrote this blog a couple weeks ago about coaches need to be more honest with the process. Um, I do appreciate the, the honesty of being of a kid being told, you know, they're in the second tier, but I also think that that meet needs some sort of, um, d- description, right? Like I, from, from this school's second tier and another school's second tier, like, what does that look like? The second tier made up of 35 kids. Um, you know, right. I, I talked about this at a, a seminar the other night, Notre Dame just sent out 75 t-shirts to kids. Okay. Um, in the 2023 class. So like, where are, where are you on that list of 75? Okay. 75 is a lot especially if you're only recruiting like three or four kids in one class. You know what I mean? Um, so, so a list of 75 is a lot. So if you're on the second tier, are you one of 25? Um, and how many are in the first tier? Is it two, four, 
eight, 12, 15, like how many are in your, your first year? So where, where do you sit? You know what I mean? Um, so, so was definitely looking for more, um, communication and not a brushing of the side. So I was very surprised by that. And like I said, made me kind of angry. Okay. So second thing, um, that made me angry last week, uh, there's a whole third party camp thing. Okay. Um, the, uh, the coach sending an email to a kid, Hey, come to this camp, uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, I know that that school and that program isn't recruiting this kid's position. Okay. I know that the coach knows that. Okay. Um, the, the, the athlete has been told by me that, right. They're trying to stay in touch with the, with the school. And just in case something opens up, you know what I mean? Then to get the invite to a third party camp, you know, for, for a lot of athletes, it's like, Ooh, you're interested. They want me to come to camp. Okay. And I've already died multiple times in blogs, talked about how I feel about the camp invite situation and, and where we're at with recruiting and things like that. But, but that's not helping any situation, right? Um, it's not helpful to the athlete. It's not helpful to me as a college coach. Okay. Um, and, and so I don't know what the situation is and I need to ask around to some of my coaching friends, like, Hey, what's the deal with these third party camps and why are you inviting kids to them? Okay. Um, do they get paid based on how many kids show up? Are they getting a flat rate regardless of how many kids show up? Are they supposed to send so many emails to kids? Like what's the, what's the agreement there? Um, but, but in general, I'm just not a fan. Okay. I don't necessarily like third party camps, um, to begin with. Um, a lot of reasons for that, that I won't get into here, but, um, uh, like I said, they can be good. They can be good, um, for you as an individual, um, especially if a coach is going to be there that you have communicated with or if it's schools in general that you're, you're very interested in, um, you know, had an athlete go up to the Northeast to a camp. I was very clear about, Hey, you know, this is how I'm the pessimist person, right? <laughs> These are all the things that could go bad. Um, and maybe why this isn't a good idea. Um, but, but just don't want anyone to assume that, Hey, we go to this camp with all these coaches and we're going to get recruited because of it. Okay. That is not, um, I, I did a little five minute recruiting video on YouTube about this, like a, a combine quote unquote, whatever that means, um, camp, their camps, um, is not going to fix your recruiting. Okay. Um, so I talked about that. I won't dive into that too much here, but um, but, but this is a problem in my opinion, we have college coaches not recruiting a kid in that class, in that position. And they're saying, Hey, come to this camp. Right. And I understand the need for my coaching friends to make a little bit of extra money, blah, 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 blah. Um, just definitely don't do it at the, the disservice of, of my athletes. You know what I mean? Um, that's going to drive me definitely bonkers. So, um, I posted this, uh, blog a couple weeks ago about coaches needing to be more honest. Like I said, um, and uh, apparently I wasn't uh, very clear on that, or maybe I needed to be a little bit uh, more, um, I don't know, unwavering about it. I'm not sure. Uh, but but that's definitely a thing for me. Uh, right now, especially the climate we're in, we, we have to stop wasting kids' time. We need to say no. Like, just say no to an athlete. If you are not interested in them, if you don't think they're good enough to play for you, just say no. It's not like you're going to be unable to find someone else down the road. Right. Um, and, and this this need that we have for whatever reason to cling on to kids um, who who we, we don't really think are good enough in that moment um, just seems unnecessary to me. Right. 
Uh, and if they're good enough six months from now, then be like, hey, you've gotten a lot better. We'd love to talk to you about our program. And they might come around and say, well, you didn't want me six months ago. You don't want me. Not. And that, that's that, right? Um, but but I feel like these second tier kids um, that, that we keep sending junk to in the mail, right? It, it just, it pushes them away from other schools, okay? Um, and, and these colleges that re- are recruiting kids that are freshmen um, and sending them stuff as freshmen, right? It is really, really hard for a 14, 15 year old kid to look past the shiny. Okay. So like, I'm not trying to say anything bad about them, but if I get emails from, and I get stuff in the mail from big 12 schools, big 10 schools, SEC schools, right. And I get all this stuff like, Oh yeah, that's, I'm good enough to play there. Okay. So, so now all of a sudden after two years of getting a bunch of stuff in the mail, we get to June 15th and I have several conversations with coaches. We're like, Hey, we're really excited to get to, you know, get to know you in the last, in the next couple months. Uh, and you know, you're in our second tier group of kids. Like what, what did we just do for the whole two years? Right. And so now the, now the athlete is like, well, I thought I was good enough to play at this level. Right. So I'm, I'm good enough to play at that level. And, and all of the schools around that wanted the kid to begin with that they're, that they're a, they're a one, two, three on their list versus a, 12th through 15th on their list, that athlete is ignoring all those other schools, right? Because she got a, something in the mail from Notre Dame or something in the mail from LSU, right? Um, so I just, I, I really feel strongly about this and maybe it upsets some of my friends. I'm not sure. Um, but but we've, we've got to do a better job of just not wasting kids' time. I've, I've seen athletes that that as freshmen get recruited and they're like, I can play in the big 12, even though I'm five, seven, you, you can't, you can't be an outside hitter in the big 12 if you're five, seven. Okay. Um, most likely, maybe you can't, maybe you touch 10, nine, maybe. Um, I just haven't seen that yet. Um, so, so we're, we're pushing for these kids when they're, when they're really young to get them to camp. Right. Um, and I've even said, use uh, Baylor as an example. They've got 85 kids at their fall camp. Um, and you know, they're recruiting four of them. Okay. Um, and maybe even two others that aren't even there at camp. Okay. Um, so, so there's just the, the, the thought that, oh, this school invited me to camp and they're really interested is great. And that's fantastic. Um, but it just does not always work out that way. Right. So that was thing two on to thing three. Um, did want to talk a little bit about the dead period. Um, obviously we are in a dead period through the end of May. Okay. Um, June 1st right now is when the dead period is going to be lifted. As of right now, it's going to be lifted. Um, there has not been any official word on that yet. Okay. So we haven't, so, so it looks like it might happen, but also could not. Okay. Um, there's a couple different variables here that I want to dive into really quick. Um, the first one being the dead period gets lifted and everything is green light and we go, go, go and June, July for recruiting. Okay. Um, that would be fantastic. Um, I, I'm not necessarily hundred percent sure that's going to be the case though. Okay. So that's kind of option one. Option two would be dead period gets lifted. We are in a regular recruiting, um, situation, but, um, there's a bunch of stipulations and, um, kind of red tape for college coaches. Okay. So yes, uh, the dead period is over, but now, um, you have to stay in your state or you have to stay in your region or, um, you can only travel so many days or, 
um, you know, certain things. I, didn't, I don't know if those are going to come from the NCAA. I would assume that those are going to come from specific schools, um, specific uh, conferences. Uh, potentially, could put some stipulations on some 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 the schools in their conference. Um, but but I would say between the schools and the conferences, we could have the dead period in, but still have coaches maybe not being able to go out as much as they would like or um or uh you know not as gone as often um or, or maybe some other ramifications as far as what that looks like okay but but potential with a dead period being lifted with just some sprinkled in of of some rules and things like that okay um kind of the third option um and and this is what i'm i'm more leaning towards um just from talking to college coaches um is that we're going to have a quiet period um, in June and July, which is obviously not great because um, the coaches can't go out and recruit. Okay. Um, and again, nothing on this is official. Um, hopefully we'll find out here in a couple weeks uh, what, what the NCAA says. Um, June and July is the normal recruiting calendar for basketball um, is my understanding. And so NCAA will go kind of wherever basketball decides to go, basketball and football both. So um, everyone's just kind of waiting around and, and figuring that out. Quiet period um, would be coaches can't go out and recruit, but they can't have camps, they can't have visits um, and things like that, which I think that would be fantastic. If we went from a dead period to a quiet period, I would 100% be okay with that as long as we get out of the dead period. Um, but, but a quiet period would mean camps, um, visits, which all those things are positive, uh, means kids are traveling and coming to campus. Um, and coaches aren't going out, okay, which is which is, I think maybe one of the, the hard parts um, is because administrators are saying, yes, let's bring in hundreds of, of outside people to our campus um, and to our coaches, you know, versus coaches going out. Um, so that's that's kind of hard. I'm not sure as an administrator what I would what I would want. Um, what I want, you know, several hundred um potential student athletes coming to my campus the month before, uh, you know, we're supposed to start up school again, right. In August and September. So, um, definitely still some things out there. Um, and you know, there's definitely schools and States that are, are further along than others. And then what that looks like is, is going to have a huge, um, part of what, um, the NCAA decides to do and what those different, mostly the power five, um, decide to do about, um, the, the dead period coming up in, in June or July. So, um, but regardless of all those things, keep sending emails, keep communicating with college coaches. Okay. Um, let them know when you're playing and where you're playing, um, give them all that information so they can go on ball or TV or whatever and watch you play. Um, you need to be regularly pointing them towards, um, your film and watching you play. Right. That that is that is the never changing um, piece to, to all this recruiting stuff is the communication from your side um, as an athlete. OK, um, so, yeah, that was a lot. Man. Um, and I had planned on spending most of that time just talking about the weight room stuff, because um, I thought all that I thought all that was crazy and insane. And NCAA kind of showed their true colors about how much they really care about women's sports. Um, so. So there you go. There you have it. Uh, but I hope you guys have a great weekend. If you see me in Kansas City, feel free to wave um, and say hi and, and ask me your recruiting questions if you have any. Um, but I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And remember, as always, that coaches are people too.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you would like more tips, updates, or recruiting assistance, go to my website, privolleyball.com. Check out my blog or reach out to me directly if you have any other questions. You can also find me on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Recruiting Initiative. If you need specific recruiting help, I have a couple different ways I can help you. Please reach out to me on my website or social media. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you have found this podcast interesting, helpful, or beneficial, or you're just a huge fan of myself, then please think about donating to the PRI Talk podcast. I would love to continue bringing you recruiting advice, as well as information on current volleyball events, and your support can definitely help make that happen.